So what I, I like to do is that I create um I like export a list of all the uh, campaigns people are doing and I'm like categorize them. So this is a promotion, this is a sales, this is shoes, pants, whatever the categories are and create a segment for each one and see because sometimes we don't create the emails thinking ahead that we're going to have a segment. So just create these like fake filters, let's say. And um, these are pants, this is women, this is men, this is just geared for kids or whatever and segment people and see are, are people overlapping. And if people are overlapping and you know they're opening everything, great. You're the type of business where everybody wants to see every message but if you're uh, if you see that oh look at this these people tend to open all these emails and these people tend to not care about those emails and want other emails offer to them all these amazing tools offer preference centers ask people what they want or you know if you're going to a pharmacy lady perfumes might not be interesting for you today in inboxing yana torius brocky email and deliverability specialist and consultant at harlem next Welcome back to another episode of Inboxing. Inboxing, of course, is the podcast of all about email marketing. And today we have a very special guest, Yanatori Aspraki, who sometimes I like to call him the Canadian geek freak. Uh, I'm sorry, Canadian email geek freak, as you know, because Yanis uh, is known as the, 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 you know, the basketball player, Yanis. I don't know how to say his last name, but he's the Greek freak. They call him the Greek freak. But she's actually Canadian and she's a great person. She's got a lot of cool experience. She's uh, she's like a ninja in many ways. <laughs> and um, and I think she has to play some instruments, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. She's a very multifaceted, really cool person. I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Uh, so without any further ado, here is Yanatori Aspraki. Yanatori, welcome to Inboxing. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you about email marketing and deliverability today. <laughs> For sure, for sure. We're really happy you're here. And without any further ado, let's just jump right in. So yeah, can you tell us how you went from um, Real Ninja to uh, Email Ninja? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Without doing a huge discourse on how amazing my mother is, who is the reason why I'm here today. Growing up, I wanted to do one thing. Since I was really young, I had seen um, a TV show or a segment about um, nanotechnology. So my whole life was in that direction. And when I went to to CJAP, because I live in Quebec and school system is a little bit weird there, uh, I was doing my physical science. I was ready to become an engineer. And I realized that if it, it's not like the movies, I wouldn't be like mixing potions and creating robots all my life. I'd probably be working in an office. And I was like, oh, maybe this is not the right path if I want to just, you know, develop new technology. This is really, really hard. And it's very, very niche. It's, you know, it's a one in a million chance. And I had this amazing photography team. It's a very random thing. And he was also an engineer. And I was like, you know what, maybe I should go back and do something that I also love when it comes to engineering. So I went and I decided, let's go become a developer. And uh, my first uh, official adult job was for this amazing Canadian company called Cakemail. They are the reason, they are the second reason I'm here today talking to you about email and I annoy everybody around me about email. They made me fall with email really, really hard. And I was sitting right next to the deliverability, the head of deliverability at Cakemail. And I just fell in love. This was like a niche world. Nobody knows what we're talking about. I wanted to have his job. I was like, one day I'm going to grow up. <laughs> He's like 20, 20 years old. When I grow up, I want to be like Kevin. And um, today I am Kevin at another company. I, did, I didn't steal his job, obviously. <laughs> and um, that was it. I think everybody just falls into email by, by mistake. You know, we kind of work for an email company. We realize how great and cool it is. And then we're just like, oh, 
that's what we're doing now. And that I think it's the same story for everyone. So that's how it went for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. All right. All right. What do you find upsetting in your inbox? What I find upsetting is uh, more of like the human side of things. You know, we all have the same feeling, right? We go to a store, we buy something, they ask us for an email address and you're like, oh, again, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to give them my email. And I'm going to get 20 emails a day for things that I don't need. Like I just bought a bed. If you try to sell me another one, I probably don't need one. So that's the most upsetting thing because we all feel the same way. We go to a store, we don't want to give that email. But when we're on the flip side and we need to send emails out, we're like, no, no, no. We are the greatest people on the planet. Everybody wants our product. Everybody cares about what we have to say. Let's just send the same message to everyone. And uh, it's understandable. Small businesses or medium-sized businesses might not have the resources to be able to create something that's very catered. But there are simple things that can be done to, you know, attract the right kind of customers and get them to do actually what you want them to do. Just, you know, people look at open rates and then they're like, yeah, I got a 30% open rate. Did anybody buy anything? No, probably not perfect, <laughs> perfect strategy then, right? So I think that's what's the most upsetting for me. People, when they're on the send side of things, they, they kind of forget we're all humans and they just think everybody wants the same message or everybody wants the message. And most of the times uh, we, we don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like when dealing with clients, you probably often hear this. I hear the word blast. Ah, the blast? Ah, my favorite it. word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should ban certain words. Yeah, no, that's not Yeah, no, dude, don't do that. <laughs> that's not good. What was your biggest email mistake? I don't know if you've been in the side of the mistakes, but I mean, oh, yeah. who hasn't? <laughs> well, there was this uh, meme going on yesterday in the Women of Email group, uh, which was uh, we all do our best proofreading after clicking on the send button. <laughs> <laughs> so I think everybody has done that mistake. That's one thousand percent sure. The other one, the other mistake, which um, I didn't know about because I'm a big avid advocate for authentication. I didn't know for a long while that not every ESP listens to authentication. And I keep telling everybody, you know, authenticate your SPF, authenticate your sender email. And um, it's more of a suggestion for some ESPs. Uh, so that was my knowledge side of mistakes, let's say. But we've all sent an email a little bit too soon, a little bit too late, uh, uploaded a wrong list. We've all, we've all gone through that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah wrong time, AM, <laughs> PM. <laughs> These kinds of, it's like a laundry list of, yes. of email mistakes. So make yeah. sure everything's fine, guys. <laughs> yeah. What have you done? I've sent an email with no links in it. <laughs> it was destiny. Yeah, it was for a tiny list though. And it was like a yeah, it was like a twenty person send. So it was okay. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Q, QA, QA is really important in email. That's what we learned from that. Oh yeah. Multiple right, times multiple people. Let, let's go to the flip side of that. So what was your biggest email win? Oh, I once had this amazing client at Cake Mail and they were a nonprofit. And um, the nonprofit was about environmental causes. And the way it worked was in the real world was that you would do something and then you try to bring your friends in to do it and sign the sign a little paper saying we all care about the environment. And at some point they had no way of getting new people because the people on their list were people who had signed the papers. How do you get more people to sign? So they had a very limited budget and I was able to, they had about 200, 300,000 signatures and I was able to double it in one campaign. We did the same thing. We sent a, uh, an email out with um, two buttons. One of that would kind of um, reply back to the email with the message that was already written by us or by them, by them or together. And the other button would be just like sharing on social media. So a lot of people click to kind of forward that email to their friends and then it would 
take the campaign. They would take the new message that we had hidden in that link and people were sharing it and actually forwarding emails. And we we doubled the amount of signatures with just one campaign. I thought it was really, really cool. It was very, very exciting. It was like kind of a Hail Mary, you know? You're emailing right. people who've done the action you want to and you're like, can you please make other people do it? And they did it. It was very, very cool. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, wow. That that I'm sure that was like a crazy, exciting result. Yeah, it was, it's like it happened to me once. This is the, it was like insane. It was their first campaign. So we were really scared. They had a lot of, you know, we're like, oh my God, we're going to send some emails. We're not going to land in the inbox. What are we going to do? I was trying to like push them. Let's maybe send it in parts, you know, so we can just like warm up that sender reputation. But they didn't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we go with what the client wants and you try to make it work. And, and it did. So I was very, very uh, excited. It was great. Best open rates and best engagement. That was like the truest form of engagement, right? Replying back to an email and forwarding it and people forwarding it more. That must have just like the reputation of that domain just like flew (laughs) sky high. Uh, let's turn to deliverability. Okay, so what are your top deliverability? I wrote slash email because, you know, very often they're connected. Yes, they're very, very connected and we don't talk about it. Between us, we do talk about it a lot, but for people who don't even know that email marketing is an actual thing, they don't know, right? I, I have this strong belief that the big companies out there that everybody knows should be advocating about authentication measures, should be advocating about deliverability. It's not email. The last thing you care about in email is and I'm not talking about the last thing as not important. The last thing in terms of a list would be content, would be making that list grow. First thing we need to think about is making sure that when you're sending an email out, people are going to receive it, right? We need to authenticate some emails. We need to work on that domain reputation. So bigger companies need to advocate a little bit more about it because they're selling things that sell. Beautiful editors, easy segmentation tools, forms. We don't we don't advocate, hey, did you know that if you authenticate your email, people are going to receive it? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> you need to right. go your messages and you know, you know how to copy paste. Let's go. People would say, yeah, maybe email marketing is not for me. It's, it seems too complicated. So it's normal that they're not selling it in a deliverability standpoint and more on a design part, which is, which is fine. So for me, the first and most important thing to do is to authenticate the email. Even if most ESPs might not listen to it 100%, it shows that you're taking responsibility for the messages you're sending out. It's the same kind of idea of, as putting the address at the bottom of the email, allowing your users to unsubscribe. Authenticating it just proves that you're the one that's actually sending the email. So you're able to build a reputation based on that. And the only thing you can, which comes to the second point, you cannot send using a Gmail or a Yahoo you need to use a domain. Only a domain can be authenticated. And very soon, different ESPs, the Googles and the Yahoos and the AOLs of the world are going to be putting um, restrictions. So the only way to send an email using a, at Gmail or at Yahoo would be through your actual inbox. If you try and send it from an external tool, they're going to be putting DMARC in place soon. And then you will not, no one will ever receive the email because you are not Google. And if you're sending from outside of Google, it's going to stop you. It's, it's a security measure for everyone. So those are the two first things. Authenticate the email and use a domain. Soon you're going to have a problem. It's worth the $1 and uh, or whatever the price is uh, for your domain. But most domains are, are very, very low price. And you can use free things like Zoho for an inbox. So you don't have to pay for an inbox. You don't have to pay $15 with G Suite to be able to use your domain. And you can authenticate and prove to everyone it's actually you. Why not? You know, those are the top two things. Uh, the third thing for people who might not understand deliverability a lot, it's just be human. Think logically. If you bought a new domain and the next day you were able to send to 1 million people, the internet will probably say, you know what, in 24 hours, what are the chances he's got 20 million people on his list? 
he probably bought a list. They probably, I don't know, scraped emails off the internet. So Joe, don't do that. It's just, if you use some kind of form of logic, it's going to help. And deliverability is also very well connected with engagement. The inboxes care about what people have to say. They do have spam filters and computers analyzing all the traffic coming in and out and saying, should this go in the inbox? Should it not? Putting a lot of uh, exclamation points in the subject line is not the best idea on the planet, <laughs> but it's not the reason your email is not delivering. You know, uh, there's, you know, what, what, what does uh, all the 18 plus websites do? Their email still inbox, you know, casinos, they still inbox. So if you can, if they can use all those, you know, don't like the do not use word <laughs> list kind of thing in your emails and they can still inbox, we can logically tell that that might not be a hundred percent of how deliverability works. So just a little bit of logic when it comes to human behavior is going to get you really, really far. If you don't like receiving an email and that's the thumb rule here, right? If you can send that email to your mom and she's interested and not annoyed, it's an okay email to send out. <laughs> but if you keep sending your five emails a day to read, she probably might say, mm-hmm, I'm, I don't care anymore. Can you please stop? So if your mother doesn't want to read your emails, your clients don't. Uh, it's a very, very simple rule. If your friends don't, or whoever, whoever you, you want to send that email to, to test, uh, just don't send it out. I think it's a... It's an easy rule to to, to follow. And uh, the last tip is clean your lists. If people haven't opened an email in X amount of months, that last promotion is not going to work more. You either need to try and re-engage them, not try to send the same message over and over again. And if that doesn't work, just take them off your list. Or if you're scared to take them off the list, put them a little bit on the side and try and retarget them with something that's a little bit more a sexier offer for these people. That's the that's the best way to put it, uh, because those people that are not opening your emails are hurting your deliverability. It works with like, um, let's say, very simply put would be percentages. So if 100 percent of my list is, I don't know, a thousand people and I only got one person opening that email off all the time, everybody else, the ratio of people who care and don't care is unbalanced. And then the inboxes start to learn that, you know what, maybe people don't care about your brand. They don't care about what you have to say, or um, maybe you're just a little bit annoying. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so you need to remove the people that really don't engage with you so that you can show the inboxes that ratio is a lot higher on the positive uh, side instead of the negative side of things. It's very, very important. The inboxes analyze everything. How important is it if, like, I, I, I can tell you right now, I have a client that they have a lot of customers that are never opening emails, but they also have like, uh, you know, they get like 40% open rates, um, like yeah. very low click-through rate, but it's not always saying so much to click to. We're working on that. But um, <laughs> yeah, but they still have like 20,000 people who just like haven't opened an email in at least six months. Yeah, um, that's, that's a problem. And, and also yeah. um, one thing that is very important to understand is that those opens and clicks that we see, those percentages, they're not 100% true. Spam filters click and open emails. And that gets counted on our side. You know, we've all seen the statistics where there's this couple of inboxes that are clicking on links 600 times. Like, your promotion is good, but not that good. <laughs> and it's yeah, huge. When, when you see like certain senders, you know, that every link on your email is being clicked. You know, like. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's, that's the thing. And to me, it's just, even if you don't have the really expensive tools, it's a little bit of logic, you know? No one really opened the email 50 times in the space of five seconds. Come on, guys. And it creates a problem because people are using those statistics to be able to create segments and then segment the people. And they might be segmenting people that mm, it's a spam filter who opened and clicked and not the actual person. So, you know, how do you make really precise calculations of who to send what if you can't even trust that metric to begin with? And that's why you need to take a lot of time. Email takes a lot of time, just like those 
you know, Instagram, you know, people who become influencers, they didn't do it in a week and a half. And they're putting a lot of effort and they're analyzing things. And we're seeing the 10 pictures they posted in a week. And at the end of the day, they spend like 100 hours making those posts go viral. Same thing needs to be done in email. And even more, we're writing stuff, we're making people do things. We're not just making them feel an emotion. We want them to perform an action like reply back or buy something. Yeah, maybe the metrics are not like 100% valid, obviously, because it's not possible technically, at least yet. You still need to put that in the time and you can't just look at your open and click rates and be like, oh, it's good. It's 40% open. Like, well, what if I told you 60% of that was wrong? And the worse the, the, the worse the reputation gets, the more the clicks and opens happen, the spam filter clicks and opens. And then people have this uh, negative, this wrong idea that everything is going well and it's going better. They're scraping lists off the internet or doing things and the spam filters are actually creating issues for them. And then once the reputation is ruined, then everything goes back to really, really low. <laughs> and I'm like, what did I do? I was working last week and this week I was sending emails and no one replied, no one did anything. And then it's like, yeah, that's, that's what happens. So just be logical, guys. It's very, very, it's very, very simple. All right. So the flip side of that is probably still a lot of similar kind of stuff. But yeah, what are the what are the biggest mistakes people are making all the time? Um, randomly sending emails whenever they think about it. Wow, darn it! I have to send an email. And it's, it's normal. We don't have a lot of resources and time sometimes to think about you know amazing things. So maybe reducing the amount of emails you send. You know, send one email a month to the people. And if you were writing four emails a month and make them, you know, four for four groups of people and then send them to the appropriate people. You're going to get a better return that way. Uh, it's it's definitely easier that way. And if you have, you have a whole month, write the next email, you know, you'd better be consistent. People need to expect things at a certain time. It's, you know, like the YouTube, you know, that this one guy you're following is sh shooting a video every Monday night and you're waiting Monday night for that video. Same thing for email. The people who care about your brand know when you're going to be sending an email and they're going to they're going to be looking for it in their inbox. Make it easier for them to look for that email, you know? So one thing being consistent is not that amazing sometimes for for some customers and I understand why. It's it's logical. Uh, the other thing is obviously they're using a Gmail or Yahoo as a deliverability person. Don't just I'm telling you just don't do that. It's not worth it. You might think that people are receiving emails but they are not. Don't use the Gmail and the Yahoos. Take the time to look at your bounces. We look at opens and clicks all the time as marketers, and we don't look at the bounces. And the bounce types can give you a really great indication of what is happening. So if you're bouncing because, you know, the mailboxes are full, that's fine. If, you know, email addresses don't exist anymore and they heart bounce, that's fine. But what if you see a bounce that says, hey, I don't know, Microsoft doesn't trust you. It doesn't accept your email because you have low reputation. That is a good indicator that there's a problem and you need to fix something. And nobody ever looks at, well, nobody. Most people, most marketers don't look at their bounce types and see who's bouncing and why. If you go in and you see all the Yahoo's bounced, that's a probably an indication that Yahoo has a problem with your domain, with your templates, um, high spam complaints, whatever the problem was. So it's very, very important to, to look at that and people forget about it and then it becomes a bigger problem. And then all these people are worth a lot of money, right? People on your list are valuable. You don't want to be losing them because you're, you don't have visibility on what is happening on that end and uh, not cleaning your list or uploading lists that you find, you know, you go on your computer or you, you get hired somewhere and you're like, oh, look at this CSV filled with emails. What is this? Nobody knows. Let's just try and email them. That's really not a good idea. <laughs> don't do that, um, especially if you don't know where that list came from. Yeah, I, I, it's sort of like if we could think of like old contacts, like old pizza. 
Oh, <laughs> Can you find it in the drawer? He was like, oh, ah, just, don't, just, don't, just don't eat that. Just don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. And, and and like the logic part like doesn't kick in sometimes until you have a conversation with somebody. Then I a lot of times I talk to my clients and they're like, but it made sense because they're emails. It cannot just be random emails on the internet. It has to be some clients. And then it's like, yeah, but you don't That's know where it. it came from. I think what you're hitting on is like a lot of times, I mean, you, I'm sure you do it the same thing, but like people feel like, Emails are theirs. Like, like they. <laughs> yes. This is my yeah. list. I built this list. I <laughs> they they belong to me. I know everyone. Oh my god! Yeah, and and it's really really hard. And the we people need to even. I mean, even us. We need to understand how spam filters work, how inboxes work, really really well, so that we can you know kind of go around it. Just like you hear all these like it's always like Instagram. That's always what my clients say. Oh well, Instagram is easier. And I'm like, hell no, it's not easier. You're you're, you're asking somebody else to decide when. And if the content you're posting is important and what are they basing that off? They're basing it off the people who, you know, follow you or the people who like your pictures or comment on them. So if none of them like it, they don't show that picture, at least not very long. So why would we expect email to work any differently? 90% of the people you're sending to don't care about your email. The inbox is going to say, well, no one cares about that email. <laughs> that email. We've seen it. We've seen it in the inbox, right? That little line. Hey, you haven't opened an email in three months. Would you like to unsubscribe from them? You don't want the people, you don't want Google making that decision for you. Make it before they make a decision because then you won't know who's receiving the email and who's not. The inbox rate that you guys see in ESPs is usually 99.9999% if the email could have been delivered. Does the email exist? Google can accept an email. Yahoo can accept an email. It doesn't mean because the email delivered to Google and Google says, yes, I got it, that Google is showing that email to customers. And that's the big, the big problem. And uh, I think that I answered the next, one of the next questions. That is uh, the misconception part. Emails you send don't always land. Some because they exist or they will land. And um, just, just I don't know, just clean your list. Remove people who don't care about your brand. It's hurting your reputation a lot, a lot more than people would have expected to. And it's just, to me, it's logical. If you look at social media uh, and you're using email marketing to, you know, market to people, it, the, the logic of social media is still there, at least to me. So if you can trust, you, you can trust that your image is so amazing that everyone's going to like it on Instagram. You should feel the same about that email you created and spent like three hours building. <laughs> it should be the perfect email that everyone's going to live, like and engage. And yep, don't, don't. Yeah, but that's it. Like, I think mean, you're hitting on an interesting point that I never really thought about, but like that people are so much trying to, you know, to get into the algorithm, you know, make sure their posts yeah. that they're actually posting are getting seen. Right. But they never right. think about an email. <laughs> Right, yeah. and but it's the same. It's the same thing. What are they looking for? Engagement. What do you need in your inbox? Engagement. It's like you know. <laughs> oh, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's very logical to me. And when I tell this to customers, they're like, "Oh, I never thought of it this way." It's because we don't sell our products this way. You know, the Mailchimp's of the world don't go around saying, "Hey, you know, if you authenticate your email and you don't send emails to people who don't want it, you're gonna make more money." It's all about how can I annoy everybody or put that message right in their face it's like we're going back in the 1970s and you know it was one poster and the same poster was put all across the world all across the billboards and everywhere in the newspapers and the same advertisement people don't want that anymore and the products are not working that way anymore because they're trying to give people what they want and what people want is emails they care about not the random message from a lawyer because you needed to sign an agreement with your i don't know for some the house you're renting and the guy sending you emails and you're like why are you i just you know i i don't care i don't <laughs> i don't need a lawyer to be sending me random emails about random facts if somebody was sending me emails about email laws 
I would definitely open that email. So a compliance person was sending me updates about what was happening in GDPR or Castle. I would open that email. But if you're sending me law stuff about, I don't know, divorces or I don't care. I don't, it was nice. Thank you for helping with that paperwork two years ago, but I'm, I don't care about your email anymore. So yeah, it's very, very interesting. It's like the bad example. If I bought a mattress, how many more mattresses do I need? Why right. is it, you know, uh, I don't know, sell me some pillows or how to take care of my mattress or what happens if I stain it with a glass of wine and then I need to clean it. That would be an interesting email for me to get. Don't sell, yeah. sell me another mattress. I got one. Thank you. <laughs> for sure. It's like I, I, you know, I recently was talking to a company who basically just had like one product, an exercise product. And I was like, you really need to diversify your product. Cause like, what I can't, someone's not going to buy the same pair of pants like a hundred times. Like, yeah. get some other stuff. And they had great engagement on that pair of pants, but still, <laughs> you got to expand it. You're building a brand. Do it right, exactly. you know, get, 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 get t shirts, get, get some yeah. headgear, you know. And if people think it's so hard. Uh, like, if you have a hard time writing content, trust me. A hundred thousand percent. There is somebody on your LinkedIn that's a professional, let's say, um, bodybuilder or a guy who has his own gym that would love to write for you. And you just sign it. This is some random guy that really knows his things. And if you're you care about, you know, your health and things like that, grab a nutritionist, ask them to write something, sign it under their name. They're not working for you. They're getting their name out there and they're not competing with your business. A lot of people like that. That's how it works with me and you, right? You offer, you, you offer me a spot on your podcast. Hell yeah, I'm coming, right? <laughs> the same thing with any other type of business. A lot of people who would love to to, to be able to have um, a bigger platform to talk to, go to LinkedIn, look through people that might have the same idea that are going to help, just help each other. If you can write content, you don't have to worry about content. You can tell them, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. You can even ask people what you want because you know your customers. You don't have to worry about uh, writing your own content. That's the big problem. Trust me, there's a million people out there that want to be heard and have intelligent, relevant things to say. Ask them to do it. They'll do it for free. It's free promotion for them. It's the best way to do it. It's it's it. And I'm going to go back to Instagram. It's the same thing as asking those uh, influencers, those tiny influencers. How do you call them? As you My can see, I'm Greek. Yeah, like <laughs> influencers. Thank you. I'm Greek. I should know this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> micro influencers. You know, you pay them a little bit and you kind of hope because they're kind of related. You know, they're not going to steal your business. It's the same thing, but for content writing. It's amazing. That's a great idea. All right. So we've been shaming a lot of brands. So let's talk about <laughs> what do you actually like seeing in your inbox? Who, who makes you smile? Oh, oh um, it's all, for some reason, somebody noticed it. Uh, April Mullen noticed it last time. She had asked me the same question. And every answer I gave was had an educational purpose to email. Uh, so my favorite newsletter, other than Chubby's, which is an amazing brand. It's like the coolest brand. Their emails are the best. You guys should definitely check them out. You can definitely hear the employee's tone of voice through their emails. So Chubby's, they sell like a uh, swimwear and like very cool, like summer clothing with a lot of patterns on them. Not my, not my type of thing, but some of them are really cool. So maybe you'll see me in them next summer. But my favorite newsletter is called Not a Newsletter. If you're an email geek oh. or, oh my God, it's the best email ever. Yeah, yeah. He's hopefully actually going to be on the podcast, hopefully in about a month. Oh, wow. Tell him yeah. hello. I'm like a really far away stalker. I think he's yeah, like, you're trying to Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one day I'm going to annoy him. Like, hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not a newsletter is the best. I get news and I think I'm like, I think I'm pretty on top of things. I do have a, like, between us, right? We share things with each other. Hey, did you hear about this change? And we're, the community is small enough that we're able to do that. But he still ends up, like, surprising me. He's like, where do you get this information? It's ridiculous. It's very interesting, too. I think it's, like, one of the coolest, coolest things ever. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he's a hell of a writer. Like, I think that's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love it. I, it's like 1,000% my favorite newsletter. And sometimes I read, I'm like, oh, wait, I had an article. And I don't know if it was in the Email Geek Slack channel, if it was in the Women of Email Facebook page. Where did I find this link? And every time, if I go in his document, it's definitely there. Important links are all there. And it's uh, interesting to see the progression of certain things. So sometimes, you know, he's going to put a link about something that's kind of new. And then a couple months later, that thing is, you know, revealed. And he's talking about it a little bit more. It's amazing. I think it's my favorite newsletter. It's not a newsletter. <laughs> it's not a newsletter. It's a beautiful Google Doc. Yeah, All exactly. Right. He just says it as a Google Doc. Like, yeah, it's exactly. just like, click here if you want to read the whole thing. Yeah. But it's brilliant because that's what we need. If it was an then, email, it would yeah, work. It's a great it's point. Exactly. I mean, so it's a perfect engagement. He knows that people are going to want to save it. We, like, I save every copy on my drive. I know now he has, like, the, the list of all the past uh, issues. But, yeah, no, no, no. Best email ever. You want to know what's happening in the email world? Or you want to get started? Just sign up to not a newsletter. And then whatever you don't understand, Google it. You know, uh-huh. what is deliverability? Just Google it. What's authentication? Just Google it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get down. It's like a YouTube, you know, you fall into a YouTube spiral. Mm-hmm. But you fall into an email spiral. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> anyone else i mean like anyone more like broad not in the email marketing you know <laughs> you know <laughs> chubby is my favorite i wish i could just chubby's share okay. uh, all chubby's right my favorite email i'll have to sign up for chubby's okay yeah they get, they get my they get my type of humor and uh, it's amazing i can send you some i'll send you some uh some of their emails it's amazing okay i'm amazed by some i'm trying to actually get some brands like to just talk about the process of always making amazing emails, like these yeah. brands that are just hitting home runs every time. Like, what does that look like in their building? You know, yeah, yeah exactly. How far right. ahead are they planning these things to make that amazing email? Yeah, that's anyway, a good question. Yeah, looking forward to that. We're working on it. Anyway, <laughs> enough self-promotion. Here we go. All right. So yeah, we were talking about this before, but like, yeah. So what are people always, you know, screwing up when they think about deliverability? Oh God. A lot of things. The biggest misconception, like I said, is everyone's going to receive the email. If the email address exists, they're going to get it. And that is unfortunately not true. If people unsubscribe, it's bad. No, it's not. Unsubscribe is actually a good thing. A spam complaint is not. So if you were to, to choose between which one you'd want, an unsubscribe is better. A person is just saying, you know, I don't care about your business anymore. or I don't care about your products or I don't need your emails to go and purchase your product. You know, a lot of a lot of times that's the, that's the case. In Canada, we have Walmart. I am going to go back to Walmart. You don't have to. <laughs> to keep sending some emails. Uh, if it's interesting promotions of things that I buy, perfect. If it's just some random things about, I don't know, do you need some diapers? No, I don't have kids. I don't need to buy. I don't care if the diapers are on special this week or a lot of weird things like that. So the first misconception is not everyone gets that email, even if you think it is. The second one would be um, the, the, the idea that every email is important and it's hurting you. The more you send emails to people who don't care about your brand, not in terms of, you know, bounces or even spam complaints, just people who don't open or engage, it's actually hurting your deliverability. And uh, Gmail is the uh, the person ahead of the of the game and they really care about human behavior. They care about what people have to say. They trust very a lot their spam filters and all the, the processes that they have. But one thing they really care about is what humans have to say about your email. And they're going to make their opinion of your of your brand and your 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 strategy on that uh so if humans don't like or don't engage they're going to stop showing that email they're going to put it even more in the promotions tab that's another misconception that the promotions tab is going to make you lose sales 
that is not the case. Maybe not for all businesses, let's be real. But if your email is a promotional email. Yeah, I'd say probably more money. What's the problem there, guys? Because we all feel the same way. Like, I don't know for you, but back back in the day when everything was one column, um, every time I'm looking for an email, I know it's so long ago. Every time I'm looking for an actual email of my client, I have to go through, I have to dig through all these marketing campaigns. And then I have this negative feeling building through towards these people that are sending me five emails a day that I don't need. And now... They can email me as much as they want. They probably shouldn't. They definitely shouldn't. But they can because it's separate. So I don't have this negative feeling of, hey, you're really annoying me. I'm looking for an important email in my inbox and I cannot find it. And when I want something, because the promotion tab, Google does it very well. It's like colorful, like, hey, you haven't seen your emails and all your tabs. And it tells you in your face, you have to do it. I go and and I look and I'm, I'm not annoyed because if your emails are 20 times, I don't even look at the date anymore. I'm just like, oh, this is interesting subject line, subject line. Oh, this one's really interesting. Let me open it. I don't really look at the time. Did they send it five in a day or five in the course of a month? I don't know. I don't look at the time anymore because I'm not annoyed. The promotion tab is not going to hurt your business, or at least it's not going to hurt most people's businesses. People I would don't even say, it, you know. Yeah, I'd even say probably more money is made in the promotions tab than any other tab because yeah. <laughs> that's where people go to shop. That's it. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh-huh. So everyone's talking about this thing. Bimmy. Oh. And I think you're a part of that. <laughs> I think you're on the Bimmy team. So oh, no, no, no. No, you're not? But do you one know day, one day. I, I am on the Bimmy team as like the team. I'm definitely not a, a Matthew Bernhut. That's definitely not who well, I am. Not yet. Aspiring <laughs> to be. <laughs> so I'm a big advocate for authentication. Prove to everyone that you're actually the one sending the email and start building a reputation. So Bimmy is the fourth, let's say, in line. Uh, you, need to have all, yeah, you need to have all the other three in place first. Uh, but Bimmy, the best way to say it to everyone and it's the example I use is like that little checkbox you see in Twitter or Instagram that proves that you're the actual brand and everybody works really hard to be able to get that that in place in email it's a little bit oh it depends what you mean what people think is easy but it's a little bit easy because it's under your control so I think that's easier if I can control when it appears uh, or what I need to do in terms to make sure that it does appear uh, then that's uh, amazing on Twitter you kind of hope that somebody on the Twitter side is gonna be like yeah, yeah this guy is popular enough to I put the little checkbox <laughs> over there. And I think it's um, it's very interesting because now when you send your emails and you have good engagement, which you have to have a good reputation for it to happen, not you don't have to have a big reputation to have a good one. When you send out an email in most new inbox providers, you will see the actual official logo. So if you get a fake PayPal email versus a real one, the real one will have the ori- the real PayPal logo and a fake one will have absolutely like the P or whatever you see in Gmail, the, the little letters on the on the side. So it's very interesting because when people are going to get emails in their inbox, all those colors are kind of dull Gmail colors, for example. And now yours is going to pop out because you have uh, your logo. Yeah. So I think it's it's going to be really, really interesting to, to see. All right. Thank you for yeah. that. All right. So you talk, you mentioned these a bit, but like DKIM, DMARC, SPF, how do you go about setting these things up? Like I know that you mentioned they're super important, like even small brands, you think should be doing them? And, oh, and, yes. and, and what is the absolute way to actually set it up? Okay. So the, what you do need is a, you, you need a domain. So your business's domain is the first step. Go to GoDaddy or whoever your favorite DNS uh, hosting provider is and just buy a domain. The second thing you need to do is ensure that with MailChimp or whatever you're using, CakeMail, FlowMailer, you name it, that you're going to be confirming that email inside. And then you will be asking the system to give you the SPF and the DKIM. And then it's a really hard task of doing copy, paste, copy, paste (laughs) at the right place in your DNS. 
And um, I uh, do this for free, actually. So if you are a small business and it's a little bit too hard because you don't know how the DNS works, shoot me a message on LinkedIn. I will do it. I'm, I I want to authenticate the whole world one day. If I could do it, I would. I'm, I just need access to all of your GoDaddy accounts, which is <laughs> not easy. <laughs> so the easiest thing to do would be to download that little document that CakeMail, FlowMailer, and MailChimp gives you or copy-paste it in the email and just contact GoDaddy directly uh, and contact them and say, hey, I don't really know how it works. Would you please be able to you know, update my DNS record and they will do it for you. And if you don't even know where to go into CakeMail to, to get the authentication, contact support. Ask them, hey, I would like to authenticate this domain in my account. Can you please give me the entries? They will send them to you. You take that email, you send it to your hosting provider. You, you, you know, you say, hello, please, can you help me? And you do this. I don't know what it is. And they'll do it for you. Wow. And then you're done. Uh, so you can even make other people do it for free. You're paying these people anyway. I will do it. And if not, you can always contact me and I will do it. It takes five minutes and I will spend the 20 minutes it takes to propagate, to explain to you random facts about email <laughs> that are going to help your business. You get a two for one. Why are there three of them? Like, is it just, they started with this one and that wasn't enough. So then uh, another one okay. and then another one. There, there, there's different, there's different reasons. So one proves that you're the owner of the domain so that, you know, Please to mail you.com is mine. And when I connect that to Google so I can send personal emails, that's great because that's the connection I did. But now I'm using, I don't know, uh, Flowmailer to send some emails. Flowmailer doesn't have the same IP addresses as Google. So Google and the whole internet knows that emails from please to mail you need to come from this inbox. Why are they coming from an IP in the Netherlands? That doesn't make sense. So when I go in and I add more records, I'm saying, hey, I'm giving permission for Flowmailer to be sending emails using my name and my domain name or my branding. Uh, so when the internet receives these emails, it's like, oh, okay, she gave permission to this tool to send emails. So that's all nice and, and great. Uh, DMARC is the one where, hey, if somebody's pretending to be me, or if, for example, I'm, I move from Flowmailer and I move to, I don't know, CakeMail, and I forget to update, you know, hey, I was giving Flowmailer the permission to send emails and I'm telling CakeMail to do this and I forget to change it. What DMARC will do, will send you like a receipt by email saying, hey, an email with your brand, your domain name was sent using these IPs. Okay, and that's it. So now I know. And when I get the report, I'm like, oh, darn it, I forgot it. The other thing it does is because it reports any email that's being sent out without any type of SPF or DKIM that's passing correctly, it will let you know and you get to decide as well what you want to happen. So you can say, you know what, just send me a report. That's fine. You can say, um, send me a report and well, the report always comes in, but send me a report and put the email to spam. And you can also tell them to reject the email completely and say, send me a report and I don't want anybody to see it, not in junk, not in in the inbox. Um, so that's the best thing in the world. And then once you have all those three things, you can implement, you can start working on Bimmy. Bimmy is a little bit complicated. You, you do need to have your logo, you know, registered. Um, they're still figuring out how it's going to be for smaller businesses because most businesses don't have a registered logo. So yes. Um, oh, yeah. thank you. That was awesome. This is a little bit cha moving away from that, but like how does being a karate master inform your career? <laughs> <laughs> what, what have you taken from that world and applying it here? Uh, martial arts gave me a lot of things. Uh, I've been doing I, whew, for a really long time. How old am I? 25, 26 years, actually. It's all due to my amazing mother who pushed me to become a better person and to continue things when things were hard because no kid wants to do, um, I don't know, Every, every kid, people live in the present. So if I'm happy now, I don't want to get dressed to go to karate class or dance class or whatever. Uh, and my mom worked really hard to make sure that I would actually... Um, uh, I would actually stick to things and until I became to an age where I stuck to them on my own. Can you tell us where you got to in that world? Like, are you? Uh, 
I got my black belt when I was seven. So six degree black belt. Yeah. My sister's saying we're six years apart and she has the same belt I had when I was her age. So did you fight when you were like nine? Like, oh, yeah. Like blood sport? Like, yeah. It was a Japanese uh, karate type. So yeah, it was very, very. it was very, very cool. Now, it, it, it was it was great to be able to to be around people that um, the, the first thing I think I learned was uh, finish what you start. You have a lot of these stories where, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I did karate. I don't know why I I don't know why I stopped. I liked it. It's like, yeah, you probably know your parents until they're like, fine, it's over. And uh, my mom is a saint who made me stick to things because she knew I liked it. Going to class was difficult. Doing it was fine. I was with my friends. I was doing something I loved. It's like, so it's like a lesson in general. Like, you know, I don't know if you follow like um, like Atomic Habits and stuff, but like a huge thing is just just go. Just go to the gym, then go home. <laughs> you know, because yeah. the going is like the hardest part. Once you go, like, okay, then you're in the habit of going. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, thank you for that really interesting uh, bit. Finish where you start. Probably <laughs> 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 discipline comes in there also. We're talking about discipline in karate, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of discipline, and karate is not about fighting everyone you see. Karate is actually knowing when to fight with people and not, <laughs> yeah, and not and not fight with everybody you see. To be able to put yourself. Uh, outside of the situation, be able to communicate correctly and only resorting when it's about protection or, you know, the the regular things. Martial arts doesn't make violent people and video games don't either. People can be violent or, you know, not martial arts. Not because you know how to kick somebody's butt that you're going to go around and just kick everybody's butt, right? (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, I'm giving you the floor now and you can just talk about whatever you want. I don't know. What if we do like, um, we can do a deliverability kind of audit. Things to check, like a checklist, you know? Really, give people an idea of what they should do. So first thing to check make sure that sender email is authenticated okay i cannot date it enough please do it contact people to do it for you if you cannot do it or just message us we will definitely help you with it um the next thing i would definitely do is go see if that email list you have is stale and i don't mean does the email exist should you and put it in a list cleaner list cleaners are there to help you maintain uh, reduce the amount of bounces and certain things, but they don't fix the problem. So if you're buying lists or you're scraping emails off the internet, they're definitely hurting your reputation. So, you know, do a little audit and uh, look at the, the people who haven't opened an email in the last, let's say in the last month versus the last six months and check, are those the same people? That will give you a good idea of what people are caring about and what they don't. And if you were to segment people, if so what I, I like to do is that I create um. I like export a list of all the uh, campaigns people are doing and I'm like categorize them. So this is a promotion. This is a sales. This is shoes, pants, whatever the categories are and create a segment for each one and see because sometimes we don't create the emails thinking ahead that we're going to have the segment. So just create these like fake filters, let's say. And um, these are pants. This is women. This is men. This is just geared for kids or whatever. And segment people and see are, are people overlapping. And if people are overlapping and the, you know they're opening everything, great. You're the type of business where everybody wants to see every message. But if you're uh, if you see that, oh, look at this. These people tend to open all these emails and these people tend to not care about those emails and want other emails. Offer to them. All these amazing tools offer preference centers. Ask people what they want. Or, you know, if you're going to a pharmacy, lady perfumes might not be interesting for you. <laughs> you know, and so on and so forth. So 
being able to categorize based on what you already sent also helps because people will know what to expect as well. And then focus on things. Sometimes um, I find these really cool things where people uh, create these like fake segments that just to look at the data and there's certain types of campaigns no one cared about or like very low amount of people care. And they're like, oh, we spent so much time doing the research and writing amazing content and copy. And then after all people, no one, no one cared. Stop sending an email. You're putting so much effort into it. That's not what people want to hear. They want to hear the, I don't know, 90% off coupons. If that's what people want, that's what they want, which is another thing. Oh, that's a really good tip. Um, I didn't even say yet. <laughs> <laughs> If um if you if you keep sending to your customers the same promotion over and over again, um, there's no fear of missing out. If people don't have the money to buy it this week. They know there's a coupon that's going to come up next week. So sometimes people are just going to save the email, thinking that they're going to buy it next week, and then oh look at that, a new promotion comes in. It's the same promotion. If your promotion is running all year long, it's not a promotion anymore, and people will figure it out if you're sending them emails every week with the same promotion. If not, look at the content. Do some tests on different inboxes. Just sign up. I mean, Yahoo and Gmail and all of these are free. Send an email to yourself and see, does the email look good? Does it get cut off? You know, does it get truncated at the bottom and you have to click on show more? When you receive the email in your inbox, is the call to action 10 scrolls lower or are they at the top? (laughs) And does your subject line go with that call to action? If you like, hey, amazing promotion. And it's like, look at our new product. What? No, where's the promotion? It's written at the bottom in teeny tiny letters. People are not going to be happy. They're going to just, they're going to open the email. They're going to look for it and they're not going to see it and they're just going to leave. They're not going to look for that promotion unless, I don't know, maybe the promotion is really good, but human human behavior would indicate otherwise that if I cannot find what I want in the two seconds and what I wanted was for half a second, I wanted it, right? It was what I wanted because I saw your subject line. I didn't, I, I didn't go in my inbox looking for that promotion, but oh, you caught my eye and then I got disappointed. That's the worst thing you can do. Make people disappointed. So if you're going to talk about something, keep it really simple. One thing is enough. Uh, for most businesses, one thing is enough. If you're selling new shoes, sell them the shoes. That's just, it's very, to me, it's very simple. <laughs> and it helps. You can, you can fix deliverability with strategy. You don't need expensive tools to, to do things. You need to remove the people who don't care about your emails. You need to send people what they want to receive. It's just, it's just simple math, at least to me it is. And also your open rates are going to fly. I mean, that's real map. If you reduce the amount of people you're sending emails to and you're only sending emails to the people who want it, your open rates are going to grow. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, math. <laughs> Percentages go bigger if the volume goes lower. So it's really good. And you're showing the internet that, hey, look, 50% of my list cares about my emails, not 2%. It's just right. it's normal to me. Oh, email. What's your favorite thing in email? My favorite thing in email is, and there's a few things I love, but I mean, segmentation because it works. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> and and automations because you could keep tweaking them and just make them better and better and better. Oh yeah, automation is a great way to 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 maintain um, reputation. Just like in the last year, right? There was a lot of uh, automations that people forgot about. That was a, like a big a big thing last year. You know, like you know these like um it was like the automated happy birthday emails. And like oh come in and you get you you'll win a free ice cream. It's like the store's closed. I can't get my ice cream. Or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Right. Yeah, Travel companies, you know, like, yeah, like, oh, you know, welcome to thing. Oh, we have, we have, you know, we have vacations to here and there and then you have nothing. <laughs> Nothing's going on. I know, I know it's crazy. <laughs> so look at your automations. That's, 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 that's another good, great tip, actually. Just review them. 
and see if they're still relevant. It was a, it was a crazy year last year for email. But I don't know for you, but for me, my clients finally realized the power of cleaning your list. It was very obvious to them. And, you know, with Black Friday starting like 10 years before it usually <laughs> does this year, the whole month and, and October was a Black Friday, you know, I, I really wonder most of my clients, the, the clients who were, you know, started Black Friday in October, they didn't actually make more money or they actually, I think, made less money than they did. Well, they, their targets would have been. Uh, obviously, compared to the year before, things were different, uh, but their targets were, were really low. And the people who were a little bit more specific and cleaned out their lists and waited for the right moment to send an email instead of just pestering people and reminding them their business existed, outperformed their previous year, actually. So it was very, very in- interesting. It's not really a case study at this point. We, we know this. It was very interesting to see the client side kind of realize this on their own and pushing a little bit less when it comes to, hey, you know, you should clean your list again. You send, you know, an email or two a week. The three, four months have passed. Let's, you know, let's recalibrate everything. And uh, the businesses who, you know, was like, you know what, it's, it's COVID. Let's just, let's just, whatever you say, Anatoly, let's do it. Um, they actually made, um, they, they made a lot more money than they did the year before because they took the time to step back, think about it, because now everybody was thinking about it, right? How can I be empathetic? How can I make sure I'm targeting people who have money? How can I make sure people who don't have money at the moment don't hate a brand forever? What, what do we do? So the people who really took the time to think about it and what they thought about the, the outcome was just best practices in email. That's what they themselves came out with. They like reinvented best practices. And I was like, ha <laughs> for all these years, we've been telling you the same thing. It was blog posts and you know, everybody, we're all saying the same message. So it was very, very interesting to see them. They kind of just reinvented. They're like, oh, did you know? And I was like, yeah, I knew. You remember the emails I sent you about it? This is what you should have done. And now you're doing it. And it helps. It works. People were inboxing better. People were, uh, the human behavior was perfect. Because people liked the messaging. You know, everybody, you know, everybody hated them. In these dif- difficult times, in these difficult times, last year, oh my God, it was in every single email. We kept making like bets of how many of those sentences we're going to find in our inbox in a week. And there was a lot from a lot of different brands. And always the same thing and and you know like Prada is good but you know like in Canada for example we were very lucky people who lost their jobs or had they needed help and got help from the government and those people ended up buying things that they couldn't purchase before so not like crazy things like TVs I mean definitely some people did but things is, uh, to better their health you know so a lot of different things you know they were like you know I never had the, the money to I don't know buy a $10 bag of frozen fruits every day because I want to make a smoothie every day it costs a lot of money at the end of the month and now they did so the marketing of what people wanted shifted and they took care of themselves a little bit more um, so that was an amazing industry to follow last year of the wellness you know yoga pants uh, stay at home kind of exercise it was very cool to see them grow so quickly last year the strategies were different because they weren't trying to be empathetic they were trying to make sure everything's okay be helpful yeah yeah okay. it'd, it'd be amazing <laughs> i'm getting the little like we need the room yeah yeah okay that's fine <laughs> Uh, that was the best freestyle session we've ever had on inboxing. So congratulations. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My friends are going to be like, yeah, that woman doesn't stop talking about email marketing. Like email marketing. I was like, I'm going to start like a religion at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Yanaism. Anyway. Yeah. No, emailism. Email. No, it's not about emailism. me. It's about email. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm going to wrap it up. We'll see each other on Monday, probably at the right in- at, uh, oh. Inbox Expo. Yeah. Yes. Join. Buy tickets, guys. There's still some tickets left. I'm yeah, learning a lot event. of things. Big, big Amazing. event. 
I'll post links. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank Have you. See ya. Bye. Bye. And that's our show for today. Really hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and uh, leave a review. Big thank you to Yadatori Esprocki for being on the show today. Um, if you'd be interested in being a guest on Inboxing, just send me an email at hilloberg.com.